Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, you're tuned in to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter. I speak to Garrett Dale from Red City Radio on today's episode. Their new record, Paradise, is out now on Pure Noise Records. If you haven't bought it already, go ahead and fix that today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As always, if you dig it, please let your friends know. Let people know you're into it. And speaking of which, on Twitter and Instagram right now, I'm doing a raffle where you can win a copy of the Beth's latest LP, Jump Rope Gazers. If you're on Twitter, it's 101 Part-Time Pod. On Instagram, it's 101 Part-Time Jobs Podcast. If, like me, that's hard for you, you can just type in 101 Part-Time Jobs on either. And like a hammer looking for a nail, you'll get there. 
And while you're there, let me know which episodes you're into most and let me know who you want on the show in the future and I'll try and make it happen. East London's signature brew have been brewing music-inspired beers since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, Slaves, Sports Team, The Darkness. You can go to their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, and get 10% off all your beers being delivered right to your door with the voucher code 101podcast. All right, this is Garrett Dale of Red City Radio. Go well. Cheers! How you doing, Garrett? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for being on this. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was just thinking when, um, before doing this, we first met in in 2011 in Kingston in Surrey here in England. And I asked you to buy me a drink. And then we just kind of (laughs) known each other from around then. But you were touring in America. I mean, what, you you formed a few years before that? Something like that. You know, I, I, there was a bunch of old guys playing and I I joined their band in 2006. It was a week after my 19th birthday and uh, come li- lineup changes and such. But we, as Red City Radio started touring, like our first show was out of state was probably 2007 or eight. But I think we really started touring after the EP came out. I think that was around 2009, maybe. And you were all pretty motivated around that time. Did you have to grow to be motivated? Or when you when you originally joined that band, were, were you kind of excited about doing something, you know, getting out of the state? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's everything that I've ever wanted to do. Uh, you know, being able to travel and play rock and roll. And it turned, it, it absolutely started off as a selfish endeavor. And as more work i um i put in i guess or yeah no you can say i think people are ashamed to say we work for a band but you do right yeah yeah the more the more i put work into it um the more i've found that really what drives my motivation and passion and i mean this sincerely it's the money (laughs) no i'm joking i'm joking i was was ready to go with it (laughs) yeah no it's um I, i i i just I really enjoy making people happy, dude. It's it's a it's a selfish thing. I you know I can't make everybody happy, and I understand that, and and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. But there's just nothing like going out and singing a song. You know what I mean, man? And like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that you understand that because you 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 you've had fans, and you are a fan of music, and and there's just nothing more special than that. And I know how real that is because I love music so dearly, and if I can if I can relay that love to, to another generation of people, then I would absolutely love to be a link in that chain. It's community, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but uh community changes, it's ever changing. Um, and you can't, you can't, you can't hang your hat on community. You can't, can't hang your hat on um, people having the same ideals and the same mindset for a very long period of time. You know, we've known each other now for nine years and you and I both have changed exponentially since the day that we've met. Like, yes, yes. Our, like there are certain parts of our character that will never change. I mean, you, yeah. like your, your, your beautiful smile. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take that away from you. you, but, but we're supposed to change and some people change for the worse and some people change for the better. And Hey, you know, and that's okay. 
I guess what I'm saying is that I, I'm all about community a hundred percent, but it's more than that. Even it's purely enjoying your life, this short life that we have. And we we're not alone, but it's important to remember that, that you're on a, you're on a journey, you know, one that began and end, ends. And it's important to really purely enjoy yourself. And what I found to be what I just truly love to do is facilitate happiness. I like to play music. I like to book shows. I like to inter interact, you know, and, and the reason why I feel like it's important for me to do it as much as is important for everyone to do that is because me as a fan of content, as a fan of music and as a fan of all these things, I truly love it. And it just brings so much joy to my life and, and I get anxiety and I get depression and I'll tell you what, man, I don't play guitar for, for days sometimes. And then when I'm feeling like anxious or something like that, I can pick up a guitar and just kind of riff around and it really is helpful and it really makes me happy and if i can shed that happiness uh, you know this world is pretty fucking cruel man and it's it's a negative place for a lot of people and what they see what they interact with and what they take in and they don't breathe out you know it's it's stressful and it's negative but there is good in this world and there's beauty out there and i think the the first step of acknowledging that is participating in some good old-fashioned fun some positive yeah. fun, some some shit that, you know, I like to say this, some 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 safe danger, you know, a place where like like legitimately a mom can bring a daughter to a punk show. It's not going to seem safe. It's not going to seem <laughs> like, like the whole place is going to come down. But the reality in or like not maybe not the reality, but like what I would like to create in this world is a place for that to happen for like, you know, a comfortable fucking place for danger. <laughs> you must have thought about this a lot you know having been in the band for what 12 years or, or longer you must have coming up on 15 years for me so you must have considered what you do you know you must have ha like evolved with that over the years has that has that changed the way you think about what you do well yeah surely right because i mean yeah. like playing in a band tour is like my favorite thing and i say a lot of things when i say like i the only reason why i'm saying that instead of saying we um it's because i just purely can't speak for um, people in my band, people who who have been in the band or what have you, but I do know that the, like that my my current group of dudes they they do feel the same way as I do, and there's just there's just and you've seen it like in the green rooms after shows like there's an electricity, and some people read it as oh man those people fucking loved us, and some people read it as oh man those people had a fucking great night like this is so magical mm. and and mm. I just want more of that I want more of that yeah. I want more and maybe this maybe maybe the world really did just take a shit on, on the music world. And maybe the major conglomerates are going to take over and monopolize this whole shit, but they're not going to get rid of us. They're not going to get rid of basement shows. They're not going to get rid of fucking small shows. They're not going to get rid of that. And, and I hope, I hope that, that there's always going to be that energy. You know what I mean? And hmm. I always hope that there, there's a, there's a space for rock and roll. And that's like exactly about what this podcast is about. Why I wanted to do a show about this, specific thing that goes on lots of tangents is that you know you have that feeling after playing a show and being like wow i just had the best time with a bunch of other people in this space you know we were doing this thing together and everyone was having a fucking blast you know doing that and loving it enough at some point you made a decision right where okay band over work yeah i mean 
I dropped out of college pretty quick to be able to tour four weekends out of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I tried it out, but I quickly realized that it was going to be one or the other. Could you see it being like a sustainable thing? Because, you know, I think a lot of bands can be sustainable if they can kind of avoid paying rent and, and sleeping on friends' floors. I think that my, my least happiest years was when I felt that that money mattered over everything. And I think that really like this like capitalistic mindset of like, oh, I need to be earning more. And then then I'll be then I'll be legitimate to people, to other people who don't actually care. But then I'll be good. That whole mindset robbed me of years of joy because, you know, really? yes, absolutely. And because of like this capitalistic world that you can go get a job you hate and make more than doing something you love. I just don't see I don't see how that is right. I don't get that. And because I live a short life, like I just, I just don't buy into it anymore. There's, it's a thing thinking that, but it's one step actually acting on that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, fucking, uh, you know, there's people out there who have sacrificed far more than I could ever imagine to do what they love. And, you know, cold floors are cold, man. And cheap food sometimes is horrible and and no food is even worse and uh but everybody's got it bad out there and you know even butterflies got trials and tribulations man and i'm just saying that you don't have to go get a job you hate and do things you hate to buy shit you don't fucking love to impress motherfuckers who don't give a shit in the first place you know something i read not too long ago was that comparison is the thief of joy Mm, it's a disease and i think that that's the that's the kind of like life that we're forced to fucking live and it's a rat race man and i'm not saying don't make money go sleep in the fucking street but i'm saying if you want to do it <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you know like like i the more the most money i was making i was giving it more money away than i make currently you know what i mean by that like i had i had bills i had rent i had all this shit i had all this shit and I didn't fucking really need like, I mean, obviously you got to pay bills and, and fucking rent, but like I was paying so much and it, it just didn't make sense. And I, and I had to like live, I had to make this much to be able to afford this lifestyle that I was comfortable with. And I want to use that for good. And I think a good way of doing that is making those sacrifices for what you love to do. Now I will say this with a with a warning of caution or uh, with a, you know, you get it <laughs> with, with, with a heat of caution or whatever. I didn't go to college. You yeah. already know that. <laughs> they say if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Wrong. If you, if you do what you love, you'll never have a day off in your life. And every time that you have a day off or try to relax, you'll try to utilize your relaxation into creative thinking. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so be, 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 be cautious of that. Something th there's a, there's an idea that, that I was kind of blown away by, um, by talking to some people who are not in the music industry who like really love, uh, outdoor stuff and they love like going national parks and beautiful shit. I love that shit too. And they were talking about how they don't really love their jobs, but it affords them their ability to do that. And I'm, mm. I've kind of like grown to the mindset of like, well, why don't you just like go do that? You can just like go be park rangers and then you'd be at the parks like all the time or whatever. Mm. And I guess, you know, those are just two completely crazy mindsets. And I think that both sides are right. And something I've been trying to work on is that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. 
you know, mm-hmm. but, 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 but what I'm saying though, to anybody out there is that if you have a job that you hate, fucking quit the fucking job now, right now, get out of there. You don't have to do that. You don't deserve to live a life that you don't love. Get the fuck out of there. But if you do reap benefits that, that is worth talking to bill with the bad breath at fucking work and you know and maybe you just don't like the job or whatever then i urge you to build something and i urge you to move somewhere different tyler perry uh said this he said if you're not working for your own dream you're working for somebody else's Mm -hmm. and that's important to remember but with that said to get to your dream sometimes you got to eat a lot of shit and i believe that that's kind of what this podcast is about right (laughs) <laughs> it's never too late do you know what i mean it's never too late to i think a lot of people i've felt I've, t- I've certainly felt this in the past being like you know well i've come this far i might as well carry on you know i i think that is a bit of a disease of a thought a little bit but you know i think that maybe maybe there were some some evil smart people years ago that realized that human beings have this like wonderful sense of duty and this and and pride and work and they were able to exploit that and take advantage of it i oh, think yeah. that in america i i believe and maybe in other countries i just can't speak for them because i've i haven't lived in uh i've lived in foreign countries uh when i was a child but on air force bases so they're very americanized but i believe that some of the hardest jobs in america is fast food i think that working at burger king and mcdonald's is so hard and i can't count how many times that i grew up hearing what you're gonna flip burgers you're gonna work at burger king all your life like in referring to being an ignorant person and i I, it boils my blood because some of the nicest hardest working people i've ever met work at these places because in their mindset they're unable to get other jobs you know because they're like well i want to be a chef but i don't have any experience in, in the chef world and in this world, you got to just go there and make your own experience. And it's, it's it's a difficult thing, but there's not a lot of guidance, man. There's, there's like four billion fucking people out there. And and, so, and there and there's a job that's, you know, hiring. So they get the job. They work fucking hard. And maybe, you know, then they maybe get slow promotions or whatever. And they're working their fucking asses off for nothing, for absolutely mm. nothing. Mm. And for someone you know, else. Yeah, for someone fucking else. And people make fun of that. You make fun of that because someone works so hard and is diligent. I I say shame on you, America, for not taking these employees and paying them fucking better. So shame on yeah. you for not giving American workers and uh, and workers of all country a fair fucking shake. You know, like right now, CEOs make what was it three hundred sixty percent more than the average worker. Insane. It, insane. Fucking insane, dude. Like, like, why does that have to be our lives? Like getting forced into a fucking factory of shit. Like it doesn't have it doesn't have to be like that. When you think about the biggest moments where, you know, you've you you've you've learned this lesson of exactly, you know, what you've been talking about, are there any moments that stand out? Moments that that you've realized exactly this? By meet by meeting people who work in these industries and talking to them. By being compassionate. I yeah. uh, you know, it's been a hard year and um something that I've that I've learned very much so is that if you're going to be anything, be compassionate. Well, Willie Nelson said, if you're going to be anywhere, be there, be, be present. And I always love that. But if you're going to be anything, be compassionate, because if you're compassionate, you you have a, you can see things, man. You can really read into things and, and, and see the, the plant for the root. You know what I'm saying? 
You see the energy. Yeah, you can if you're compassionate towards yourself, and if you know, because if you think judgmental thought, we're all judgmental motherfuckers, man. It's funny, but we are all judgmental, and when we judge people, we have judgmental thoughts. All we're doing is exposing our own hurt. You dig? So if you're compassionate to yourself, you stop having those fucking thoughts, man. I mean, of course they'll be around, but like they don't control you, don't consume you, like. If and if you like work in an area with people who love what they do, you'll end up loving what you do too, and that's just kind of slipping away. It's 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 no secret that society corporations benefit from from our insecurities because they know us because because psychologists and rich people got together years ago and uh, snubbed out the fires. Mm. But hey, and that's that's okay. Maybe I'll you know I don't know if I'll ever change that. But but if 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 a if a cool song I got about <laughs> whatever the fuck can inspire the next motherfucker to write some shit that inspires the next motherfucker, then I consider myself a good link in the chain, baby. I love human beings. I love humanity, and I think that we're com- we're capable of doing wonderful, beautiful things. I think that we're only now, and and I hate to be all fucking hippy dippy astrological, but I think that we're now in the age of Aquarius. We're in the age of uh, knowledge and understanding and 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 fucking love, man. And I don't think that that's going to come easy. And I do believe it gets darker before the dawn. And I do believe this like this crazy load of information that's just been blowing people's minds lately. I think that it's very good and. And, you know, it's good. It, I think that people should know. You know, I think that people should know that Amazon workers get treated like shit. And while Jeff Benzos is a fucking good jillionaire, I read today that you can make $100,000 a year and it would take you 10 years to be a millionaire. And it would take you shit. I, I'm bad at math. It would take you, what, 100 years to become a billionaire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those figures are crazy. Like a thousand years? It's just, yeah, it's, just yeah. it's obscene and it's just it's obscene you mentioned the jobs that you know you were getting paid all right and you know you had a you had a place you kind of you kind of alluded to the fact that it was like maybe a bit of money you know were you staying at somewhere nice what what job was that well a bit of money to us musicians is essentially no money as you're aware but yeah. once again comparison is the thief of joy you know you're not really supposed to look in a, other people's pot unless it's to see if they have enough right Yes, that's some Bible shit. <laughs> God wrote that, dude. <laughs> I, w- I would never ask you how much money you made. Two million dollars. All right. So before I, before I suffice to this, let me let me let me go back a little bit. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I've been doing since I've been touring. Because as America, uh, sorry, I keep saying America, but as the world knows. Musicians are are not paid what we're supposed to. Dave Chappelle came out the other day on a, with a special about how people should not watch his uh, his special his his show on Netflix because he's not getting paid for it because it's the contract. And I I was a little taken back because I'm like, well, he should be really glad that he does, doesn't write songs, you know, because we get really fucked. Like bad fucked, like fraud, like we get ripped off. It's really shitty. And, um, you know, currently uh, we're in some great business with a, with a, with an awesome label and our, you know, our last label was awesome. And I'm not suggesting that anybody that I've worked with personally is terrible or anything like that, but it exists out there. There are fucking people that are just absolute dog shit. 
And it's easy to take advantage of people's insecurities, like we were saying, and their sense of duty and all that. And so we don't get fucking paid for shit. So let me go back. I started working before the music stuff in, in like retail, right? And then I got out of that and I went to the, oh, I think you all know what I'm about to say, the service industry. <laughs> I started off as a, as a waiter. I was, I was very bad. And then I went, I was a dishwasher. I was a line cook. I was a server. I was a server assistant. I was a door person at a bar. I was a bar back for years. I became a bartender. And then I got into the craft cocktail world of serving and bartending. And is where I ended my work for 2020. Um, because 2020 has been an awful year for people who are on the low spectrum of income. I did see you make a cocktail on, on an Instagram live video though. Oh yeah. I love cocktails. I got the, I got a bar set up here. I got a cool bar set up and like, you know, I, I just love, I love alcohol. I know that sounds crazy, but like, I'm not like a drinking, drinking boot wine in the street kind of guy, uh, anymore. <laughs> I'm sure we've done that together. My man. Yeah, we have. <laughs> But um, it's harder in America. America is pretty illegal to do that. Oh man, it's real legal. You know, I got I got busted it's easy once for a European to forget. Oh, you got busted. Yeah. Uh, oh, an old member of our band, Paul and I, we we got tickets in New York for drinking a beer outside of a house show we were playing, and as we were leaving, uh, my I didn't pay my ticket ever. I don't think he did ever either. But as we were walking away, the cop drives off and passes and completely ignores a like. 20 person brawl that was happening outside of a bar we're like you got to be fucking kidding me yeah so we never paid that shit get out of here with that man. Uh, yeah but yeah. yeah no i just love i love the history of it i love how it brings people together and it makes people fucking happy um and i love that and i take a lot of pride in that um i loved serving food and i loved serving alcohol and i love making it too because there's just nothing better than someone walks in with, with wanting something and you provide them a wonderful experience, a wonderful time. You host them, you refill the shit, you know, and then they leave satisfied and you bust and clean the table. Like they never got there. There's just something satisfying about that, you know? And is it something to do about like tips as well? Knowing that, I mean, Oklahoma city, I mean, all your life, have you kind of lived off tips rather than an hourly rate? I've, I don't think I've ever not lived off tips being a musician and being working in like the service industry in America, uh, well, I, I, I don't know if it's all across the board America. No, it's not. It's not. Because in some states, they do uh, pay bartenders and servers like more. In uh, Oklahoma, I was getting paid, I think, like two sixteen an hour. That's fucked. Yeah. That's so fucked. And because you get tips, sometimes your job um, will give you a check with a minus. So you have to pay them money. What? Yeah, out of your tips. Wait, how does that work? Well, because you've made so much tips and you're getting taxed a certain amount, they have to take it out of your check, but oh, like but you didn't make enough on your check to have the taxes out, but you made way more in cash. Has that ever been an amount for you that you've been like, fuck you, no way? Uh countless times. Wow. Absolutely. Like that's, that's just how it is. It's absolutely screwed. The minimum wage hasn't been raised since like the eighties, uh, but CEO wages and gaps are just like ra rising in insanely. 
And I feel yeah. like they probably know that something's coming and things are going to have to stop. So they're just kind of fucking making as much money as they possibly can now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in American like politics, like, which I'm not going to get too much into that because, you know, snore for yeah, some people, not- right? Uh, but like, awful. but like, people will put millions of dollars into campaigns to save like campaigns, and it's like if a billion, if American billionaires right now gave three thousand dollars to every fucking American citizen, they would still have more money than they did before the fucking global pandemic. Like, wow, Jesus Christ, right? How do you let that not bum you out every day? <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I I try to live in places with legal legal marijuana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That is true, but also I um, it just and personally, I I have attempted to really eliminate uh neg- common negativity out of my life, and I know that sounds like crazy, but it's true. You know, it's it's important to have good relationships with your family and and people in your life and people in your business and. I just, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be honest with you. I'm, I'm very lucky, lucky person. And I'm very grateful for the wonderful people in my life and, uh, our fucking fans, man. Like I get some, I get some of the sweetest messages in the world and they really affect me and I read them out loud and I really love it. And it just makes me happy. Almost that I want to cry and I'm not going to cry on here because I'm probably gonna be the first person to ever cry on here. <laughs> well, maybe I've cried before. Maybe. No, maybe I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's your thing you cry at the end of every, every one of these it's my ones. it's my niche you know there's a there's a, there's a genre for it on apple podcasts <laughs> you've like toured prolifically and i think do you know what when great cynics was touring i'd come home you know occasionally i bump into someone and they'd be like, oh, my God, you're touring so much. We may not have actually been touring that much, but it's kind of easy to look like you're touring a lot. But I feel like knowing you, you guys have toured a fuck ton. Oh, yeah. We've done the dirt. I mean, I don't want to ask you some kind of stupid question like any other rock magazine journalist would. You know, how is it like on the road? But do you reckon it comes to your personality, like your natural in- intuitive personality? Some people ain't meant for it, dog. Some people just ain't meant for it. And that's not a slight on them at all. That's, I would, I would recommend those people to find what makes them happy in the world. And hey, maybe torn a little bit and put out one album, like will make you fucking happy. And that's rad. And then do what, and then fucking, yeah, make, I mean, do your life. Like I, I don't judge people who don't tour, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a choice that I made before i ever even did it it's exactly what i wanted to do it's everything that i've ever loved i've been lucky i've been very fortunate enough to be able to tour with bands that inspired me to be in a fucking band and tour which bands are they uh you want me to like list them well i don't know like uh, for me that's hot water music so yeah i love hot water music we did, we did some dates with them last year uh, we did quite a bit, actually. I guess we did Denver and Texas and uh, England and uh, parts of Germany, and that was cool. Um, I feel like for me, like just seeing Hot Water, like back in the day, um, you know, you, you hear stories about Hot Water playing in London to not all too many people, you know, and they would be touring right. a lot with with not. I saw them open up for uh, AFI in two thousand three. It was uh, bleeding through Hot Water Music and AFI. At the Cocoa right. Event Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. <laughs> and then they walked over to the Green Door after that and uh, drank all night. It was cool. 
Yeah, you know, Hot Water Music, when I got I, I got into Hot Water Music in high school, dog, I was playing guitar and was in bands in like sixth grade. I, I, I learned how to play guitar at like 10. And when I was in the sixth grade, uh, two of my buddies and I, there was a kid who moved from New York and he played drums and another buddy played bass and we got together and fucking ripped out all the Blink-182 covers and, uh, you know, um, what's another fucking newfound glory, you know, hit, hit or miss. And, um, you know, and, and then after that, I was in another band and we played our first show and I was in like maybe like the seventh or eighth grade. You know what I mean? So like by the time I got into Hot Water Music, I was definitely like already like 15. Yeah. Or something like that. You know, but like Lesson Jake, um, like the first time I ever went to Hot Topic as a kid, I bought a Newfound Glory shirt and I wore that shirt to the 2001 Warp Tour. Right. Uh, I was 14 years old. And uh well, lesson Jake, uh, when I was in the third grade, I convinced the principal to let me be like the like a school DJ and like play music during like lunchtime thing. It's kind of it's embarrassing. It's cute. But um, because you know, you see it in movies and shit. So I made like mixtapes and he'd play it in the mornings and during lunchtime. And on that mixtape had Lesson Jake covering I think I Love You by the Partridge family on the Scream 2 soundtrack. And um I just love this shit. You know, I, I saw Taking Back Sunday open up for the Lawrence Arms at the Green Door in like 2001 or some shit. We've talked about this on the podcast with Brendan. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. And then now, like, it's just crazy to think, like, we went on tour with Newfound Glory, <laughs> you know, and like they're like some of the sweetest boys in the world. We just got off tour with Taking Back Sunday. We went on tour with Lawrence Arms. We went on tour with uh, Lesson Jake. Plenty of times they're, they're the fucking awesome. They just put out a new record. Like they're they're still kicking ass. Did you get to much like real talk with them about you know everyone? I'm a real motherfucker, dog. You know how that is. <laughs> I like to sit in the back and talk, man. I like to meet people and yeah, you know I've told them the story. It's pretty funny. Um, I got a funny Lesson Jake story for you. In uh, had to have been like 2003, 2002. I a friend of mine. And uh, for a couple friends and my friend's mom, uh, she drove us to St. Louis, Missouri, to the Beaumont Club to see Lesson Jake, Fall Out Boy and Rufio. Hell yeah, Rufio. Yeah. Rufio, but Rufio canceled and Punchline played. And that was unfortunately I saw Rufio once they were they were dope. But. Um, yeah, so I went to the, sh we went to the show and we're fall Out boy was very nice to us and talked to us before the show and stuff in line. Cause we were there early and they recently played Oklahoma city and talked with us and stuff. Excuse me. Huge burp. And, um, lesson Jake let us come into the sound check. That was when they were doing this whole like meet and greet sound check stuff. And I was like, we were like, Oh, that's so cool. JR invited us. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. We went in, they played a couple of songs and then the singers like Chris is like, all right, does anybody want to come up and sing a song on stage? And I fucking raise my hand, and they choose me. No way. Yeah, right? And I get on stage, and I'm like, well, what do you want to sing? And I'm like, uh, look what happened. Like, well, you got to get a buddy. And so I call out my buddy. Uh, his name is Tyler. And I get him on stage, and we sing Lesson Jake with Lesson Jake on stage at the Beaumont Club. And they didn't charge you for that, for coming in? No, they they gave us like passes. We like hung out with them a little bit backstage. Well, we were kids, so we didn't want to like hang out backstage or anything. But it's interesting because now that's for a lot of bands do that, don't they? 
Oh yeah, now it's standard practice. Charging for it. Oh, for sure. I I went to a Everclear meet and greet one time. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, now they were doing it. I'm pretty sure it was free. It was like something to do with like their email address back then. I mean, this is you know damn near fuck, <laughs> damn near twenty years ago. Definitely seventeen, eighteen years ago. And um, they dedicated songs to me. And Fall Out Boy called us out on stage, and there was everybody was just so sweet and. Less than 10 years later, um, we signed to Paper and Plastic, which is Vinny's label, the drummer of Lesson mm. Jake. Yeah. And I didn't tell him about that story. I didn't tell any of those dudes about the story until maybe a good couple months into like being pals. Like, I don't think I ever told Chris too from Anti-Flag that I have a photo of him and I when I had like blue hair when I was 14 from like the 2002 Warp Tour. Oh, wow. You know well, I mean? I've just got, he, I've just had him on this podcast, but I haven't released it yet. So maybe we can get that photo out. Oh God. I, I wonder where they you are. Still got it. I have them. I got one made like Tim from rise against, you know, I was like the biggest punk fan ever. You coming out of like 99 or, you know, to me coming out of 99 to fucking now, honestly, I still love it. I don't listen to punk rock as much as I used to, because honestly, at this point, when I listen to punk rock music, it makes me so nostalgic. I just want to like drink beers and, break stuff in my kitchen you know and yeah you know i was in a band before red city called mwr and i was in high school and we opened up for rise against we've opened up for i think oh, Ant- yeah we opened up for anti-flag i think we opened up for um like the necromantics and the horror pops we we opened up for like every like a lot of the punk bands that came through and uh for you know that three-year period i think we opened up for the queers the dwarves you know what i mean just like we were like a fast punk band and i saw one of the old singer paul was um on a message board looking for a new guitar player and i was in my band currently getting sick of like because i was the lead singer i was writing songs i was booking all the shows i was kind of having to try to like wrangle all these people in for shows and um they were looking for a guitar player and i was like fuck well i kind of want to join a band and just kind of sing background a little bit and there you go. And then I actually tried out when I was 18 and they were like, wow, you're 18. What? Cause they're like 30. Right. And, uh, I, they were try- about to show me the songs that, that they had on MySpace, and I already learned them and I already had them. So they didn't have to show me anything. And I fucking kicked ass right. cause I'm a kick ass motherfucker. Right. And then, um, everybody in that band, uh, at one point in time were all ex lead singers <laughs> who wrote songs and book shows and shit. So, I'm I'm taking no credit on that end, but because I was definitely the young person, and you know, when you're a group of thirty year olds, you don't want to listen to the the, the nineteen year old. Um, but now I'm thirty. <laughs> Sorry, crack my shit. I'm just fucking with you. But um, you've grown into that role, then. Again, you know, I don't like to think of things as roles as much as like you know, because I don't book shows. I do, I do not do that, and and I don't do a lot of like things that like I would have done in my high school band. It's definitely absolutely different, but I will say one thing. I'm very happy to be in the current band that I'm in with the current members that we do. We all share our weight and a big shout out to Ryan Donovan who goes out of his way a lot to set up a lot of cool shit. If he listens to this, I love you. So yeah, you know, radio though has been an evolving thing though. You know, it, it, you can't just stick and be like, cause for me, I've been through three different alterations of this band. This being the third, and it's currently my favorite, and um, we're we're really enjoying ourselves. Hopefully, we, after COVID, we can get back and fucking enjoy some tunes with you, man. I do believe that I was kind of meant for this shit. 
And that's why I have compassion for people who who have a little bit of a harder time with the idea of like traveling and like being away from family and such. I was born on an Air Force base and a couple in Shepherd Air Force Base, Wichita Falls, Texas. <laughs> and then we moved to Spain for a year. And then I actually lived in England for four and a half years uh, growing oh, wow. up. And we whereabouts? Well, we lived in Lakenheath and Feltwell, right. which are both Air All Force right. bases. And then we moved to Midwest City, Oklahoma in 1995 when I was eight. So I had my like growing up, you know, childhood in England mm. and I loved it. It was great. And I always loved meeting new friends and I always loved uh, just the adventure of it all. And mm. I continued on with that mindset. I, it, it never stopped for me. I love it, man. And you can see it. You can see you having so much fun. You can hear it on the records. Oh, thanks, dude. It's it's definitely, I mean, you're, you're supposed to enjoy yourself, but... You know, it's not ever that easy. It's life is a complicated mess, and uh, but but we are enjoying it, and it really does bring me joy to to know that that people can really feel the love that's put into it. Big thanks to Mike Kennedy uh, from the All American Rejects who produced and engineered the album. He did a great job. There, uh, he lives in in Oklahoma area. He lives in Edmond, where where I went to high school and grew up. We actually went to the same high school, just uh, if, you know, some good years apart. But uh, yeah, all in the family. We all keep it. You know, it's all love, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Garrett, thank you so much. I feel like we're going to have to do a second one because I just feel like, you know, I feel like not finished, you know? I, I was about to say, I don't know this is going to sound perverse, but I was like, well, I would never <laughs> want you to feel incomplete. <laughs> I was like, wait. Every day is not long enough for me sometimes. I get that feeling. I hear that. You know, even when I'm having a very bad day, it's good. It's important to remember, you know, today is still a good day. It's just that I'm having a bad day, but it's still a good day. Like the sun, like the sun is shining out there. Like it is a good day. Every day is a good day, even if you're having a bad day. Hell yeah. That's a good motto. So you got to keep it. So my man, Big G, have a good day. Hell yeah. <laughs> Double T. <laughs> Thanks so much, dude. Thanks for having me on. I'll come back anytime you ask me, bud. All right. So that's Garrett Dale from Red City Radio here on 101 Part-Time Jobs Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you didn't get it the first time around, search the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Win yourself a Beth's LP and let me know who you want on the show. Get in touch. Let's do this together. All right. Here's Cox Sparrow. I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.